Hello and welcome to the Business of Agriculture, a podcast with me, your host, Damian Mason, where we discuss issues impacting the industry of food, fuel, fiber, and farming. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had a lot of different stuff on this podcast already. You know, we talk about corn and we talk about uh, canola and we talk about trade. We talk about uh, the estate planning. Today we've got a topic that probably should have been done in May, which was Mental Health Month. We're going to talk about mental health because there is an absolute crisis in rural America. And if you do keep up on social media, if you do read the articles, you know that uh, this is something that we should really all be concerned about in this industry. As it turns out, I'm recording this the week that Kate Spade, the designer of purses, committed suicide in her apartment in New York, and Anthony Bourdain, the celebrity chef that was on TV traveling all over to exotic places, killed himself just today as I record this. So, we're talking about mental health. We're talking about the crisis of suicide in rural America. I've got a very special guest, Alicia Cowdery. She is a medical doctor specializing in psychiatry. She's also a friend. I've known this woman for 20 years, and she's been a tenant of mine back when she was a medical student. So while she does not do private practice for farmers, she knows a great deal about mental health because that is her job as a doctor specializing in psychiatry. More importantly, she knows about agriculture because she's been my friend for 20 years. She's been to my farm as a guest a number of times, and she knows a number of my farm friends. Dr. Alicia Cowdery, welcome to the Business of Agriculture. Thanks, Damian, for having me on to discuss this very important topic. The uh, sad part here, and, and I've read some articles, as have you, in prepping for this show, uh, it gets sadder, ladies and gentlemen. And, and again, maybe you've kept up with this, maybe you haven't. I'm going to give you a couple of numbers, dear listener. In the United States of America right now, Suicide rates have bumped 30%. This is from the Centers for Disease Control. You've read the same stuff. Correct, yes. There were uh, 45,000 suicides in 2016 alone, and this number keeps growing, and, and it will ultimately end up being an epidemic if we don't do something to stop it. 45,000 suicides in uh, 2016? Correct. And, so we're, and that number's bumping as we speak right now in 2018. So it's a sad and tragic situation. You know, think about, like, uh, traffic fatalities. Uh, you think about the number of people lost in a year to, uh, uh, you know, opioids, which is another mental health issue. 45,000 is a big number. Here's the sad part for us, agriculture. 84.5 suicide deaths per 100,000 farmers. So I ran that number, and assuming we have 3.2 million farmers here in the United States of America, that divides out to about 2,800 farmers that killed themselves last year. We are 6.3 times, did you hear that? 6.3 times more uh, uh, suicide-oriented in agriculture than the rest of society. The normal number for the uh, United States of America is right now 13.4 suicide deaths per 100,000 residents, and we're at 85. Ladies and gentlemen of agriculture, this is a tragic situation, and we're here to talk about mental health, so I'm glad you're joining us on the Business of Agriculture. Alicia Cabri, I gave the data. Let's talk about this issue. What are, you, what are you first struck with when I tell you those numbers? Well, it's, it's very sad. And, and the, the, the thing that makes it most sad is that this is something that's completely preventable. If people seek the right treatment, they have access to the right treatment, and they acknowledge that something's going on that they need help with. And our society needs to do a better job for, for humans in general and for farmers that are at a higher risk. And people need to know when they are at a higher risk what to watch for and what to look for so that they can take care of themselves. People also need to know how to access uh, brain health or mental health services and, and without 
without a stigma attached. We would never judge someone if they sought treatment for cancer or diabetes, yet there's some judgment about um, getting help for a mental health or a brain health issue when it's exactly the same. It's a brain disease that deserves attention and the right treatment to prevent any further negative outcomes. When you are listening to this podcast, dear listener, I want you to take what Dr. Alicia just said and really, really just pause and run that through your head again and again and again. If you were diagnosed with cancer, if you were diagnosed with shingles, if you were diagnosed with any other health malady, you would do whatever you could to take care of it. Yet mental health still possesses a stigma. In the year 2018, it's time to get beyond that. Mental health is health. Health care is important. So we've got to get beyond the stigma of, oh boy, he's crazy. Oh boy, she's crazy. We're talking about a real bad situation. My numbers mostly tell me that in rural America, the numbers are really, really bad. And we're not just talking about farmers. We're talking about everyone in this industry. Uh, you know, the guy that runs the grain terminal that is working 100-hour weeks during the fall and uh, trying to make three cents a bushel. That's a stressful job, a stressful occupation. And so you've got the stress, but then you also have uh, the seasonality. And the also the in the farming community, many people are self-employed in obviously farming, but also the service providers, say the agronomic provider that has two retail outlets, the fertilizer dealer, the agronomic advisor and consultant. A lot of self-employment people like me that work in agriculture. I understand the perils because my economy can be up and down, and that's extremely stressful. So what do you recommend to somebody that says, all right, I'm in a stressful job, but I love it. How do you do a checkup? Tell me what you're doing. What do you do to make yourself mentally healthy? So you want to do things that make you happy, and you want to do things that keep your stress level at a minimum. So figuring out what those coping skills for you are. Maybe they're exercise. Maybe they are relaxation um, activities. Maybe they're hanging out with friends and family and, and, and sharing um, what you're going through. Talking with other people who are in a similar um, line of work or similar position that you're in can be very, very important. And then acknowledging if you see something go down, if all of a sudden you have a low mood or you seem depressed or irritable for reasons you wouldn't have, if you're isolating away from friends and family, if you feel hopeless or helpless about the future, um, or if you notice that, you know, you're having some thoughts about, you know, the world would be better without me, or, you know, maybe if I, if, if I was dead, I could get out of this. Recognizing those very early and getting help and talking to someone. The first step would always be the uh, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline if, if there's a crisis, and that number is 1-800-273-8255. We, we will give you that number again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. And, you know, there's also websites, there's, there's help out there, but it's really a struggle in rural communities where most of my people, most of the business of agriculture happens in rural areas. One article that I read, Dr. Cowdery, says that 55% of America's counties do not have even one psychologist, one psychiatrist, one therapist, or one mental health clinic. So they're fairly underserved. Right, and that's a terrible thing, and we've got to, to lobby to have more access to health care in those areas. The other piece that you you got to think about is start where you can. If there are not mental health professionals in um, the place that you live, then start with an emergency room. Start with your primary care doctor. Those would be good places to start if you don't have access to a therapist or a psychiatrist that can help you. A very easy way to go is to get to an emergency room or get to a primary care doctor to start. Yeah, you don't have to seek out a therapist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist, you can go to anybody in medical health 
and say, I am concerned. I'm really depressed. Uh, it's been a bad year. I'm, my, my wife and I, or my husband and I, are really in a bad situation. Financially, the weather has been bad, or our business is struggling. Uh, these are normal things, folks. I mean, uh, everybody that runs their own business has ups and downs and peaks and valleys, and you've got the relationship aspect of it. Why it gets worse in agriculture is I believe there's an isolated aspect to it. The Centers for Disease Control listed their reasons for why this is a worse problem in rural America and in agriculture. They state, possible causes for the high suicide rate among U.S. farmers include social, social isolation. We are, after all, in a fairly isolated business. That's true. Potential for financial losses. Anybody in agriculture understands that that, you can put an extra three zeros after that, and that would be normal for us, certainly not for the average suburbanite that doesn't stand to lose a couple million dollars at any given moment in their business. Barriers to and unwillingness to seek mental health services, which might be limited in rural areas, and access to lethal means. What do you think about that? We know that we have limited mental health services, and we also have a reluctance, as they point out, an unwillingness to seek out this mental health. Thank God I'm seeing on social media, there's a gal on Twitter, her name is Leslie up in Alberta. Uh, she was mentioned in an article that I read where they did a tremendous thing at one of these conferences, like I go and speak at. They had 400 people fill the room to talk about mental health and agriculture. And I'm glad that in the year 2017, 2018, we're starting to see such acceptance of this. Definitely, and I think that you pointed out something, Damien, that's very important, that, that the most common method used in suicide is a firearm, and those are, are things that are highly <coughs> available on farms, because it's a tool that is used for, for hunting and things like that, and so making sure that the, the guns are, are safely held, and if you are, you know, thinking about hurting yourself or harming yourself, that you, you tell somebody about that so they could lock up your guns um, and do something to, to prevent you from um, having access to those at, at that time. I think you bring up another point, which is about just the those things that everybody can experience that can lead a person to have um, symptoms, strained relationships, different life stressors, work, finances, substance abuse problems, physical health problems, um, any sort of impending crisis that a person might go through that might be seen as a normal thing that people go through in life can be devastating and lead people to, to a depression. Yeah, so let's talk about the signs and symptoms. I got Dr. Cowdery, in case you somehow went and filled your coffee and you missed my introduction. This is Dr. Alicia Cowdery, a medical doctor specializing in psychiatry. She does not do private practice, but as she, uh, as I pointed to out earlier, she's a friend and she's been to my farm a number of times. She knows the business of agriculture through being in Indiana at my farm on, on a dozen different occasions. So what's different about rural America and, and uh, I will say in agriculture as it relates to mental health? We know that there's a lot of access, but I would say there's also a prideful issue. Uh, and pride is a real bad thing when you think that I'm so proud of what I built here. Oh, shit. Now I've just failed. Now I've just lost the family farm and depression sets in. And then you feel like a failure and you say, I'm going to take a, a ride in the truck. And I know it sounds like I'm talking about guys, but the reality is it's like 10 to 1 on male suicide rates as to female rates, certainly in agriculture. Yes, and there is that higher rate, particularly among white males as well, so knowing that that's a risk factor as well. And knowing that that's mostly who populates mm -hmm. agriculture. Right. Um, 1980s saw the farm crisis. If you're my age, you understand it, you remember it dearly. I will never forget aspects of the 1980s, the bad, terrible 80s. And if you're younger than me, I'm not going to tell you, uh, oh boy, we went uphill both ways and, and uh, snow drifts and all that. Uh, but if you're younger and you don't remember the 80s, just understand that a lot of 
this happened and spiked starting in the 80s. You're talking about people that had 7 or 8% interest rates, then it climbed to 18.5% interest rates. They lost the farm. Uh, bankers also felt the stress. Well, you can say, well, they're the ones that are doing the repossessing. They also think of how hard it is to say, I've been working with uh, you know Joe and Cindy out here on County Road 600 for the last 30 years, and now I've got to go out there and deliver their foreclosure. So it, it, we saw a spike, according to my research, in the 80s. The bad thing, we're in now our fifth year of uh, returns being down, our fifth year of farm income being down. You know, 2013 was the, was the high water mark, and we're now in our fifth year of being down from that. And there is evidence that this is spiking again. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to take this seriously. Signs and symptoms. What do I need to look for? What do my friends need to look for? What do the people listening right now need to understand? Okay, I know that things are tough out here in rural America this year. What is happening with Joe? How can I make sure that Joe doesn't end up in the, you know, dead in his truck. Yeah, and so I think that's really important. The first thing is, if you say, if you see something, say something. If you're concerned about some, about someone, say that to them. Say, hey, Joe, I've noticed that you've been really depressed lately, or you don't, you don't seem like yourself. You know, is there anything I can do to help, or do you need to be connected to help? And then the things that people actually experience when they um, are depressed include like a sad or a low mood. You might feel depressed, not as happy. You can't have the enjoyment that you would normally have in things. Um, a person might become more isolated. They'd stop hanging out with friends and family. Keep to themselves a little bit. A person may not uh, take care of themselves as well as they used to. They may not dress as they used to, shave as they used to, um, and present as the way that they typically do. A person might feel hopeless. Um, they might also feel helpless, that there's no way to get out of the situation that they are in. Um, a person might also just not enjoy the things they used to do. You know, I used to love sitting out back, um, you know, and, and looking at my crops. I don't do that anymore. I just, it's not fun for me and I don't get any enjoyment out of it. And then that leads to, you know, people having thoughts of hurting themselves or harming themselves. And that could be, again, as, as, as kind of low lying as, you know, I wish that, that the world would just be better off without me or my kids would be better off without me or the farm would be better off without me. And then that can lead to actual, like, I want to die. I want to kill myself and people researching ways to do those things. One thing that I have pointed out, and I, I'll go with a few reasons in addition to the CDC, and I believe there's the shame factor that we have in agriculture. Not even shame that, oh my goodness, I've got depression. Because uh, my reading says that about 35% of people in agriculture suffer from depression. It's probably about 35% for the populace in general, right? Correct. So you don't need to be shameful or ashamed of the fact that you have depression or that you need some attention. There's also the unpredictability of the business, but there's an independence. And I think that that goes back to, you talked about being isolated. We're isolated, many of us, in uh, being self-employed in agriculture as it is, but we're also ruggedly individual. There's this idea that, uh, you know, we pioneered across this country, we broke the plane, we planted the crop, we made this farm. Well, now that independence means I, I'm now struggling and the only way I see to do this is independently. Uh, why do these, give, give our listeners one reason that they don't need to go it alone. Because there are other people out there that are experiencing the same thing. And once you, you talk to somebody else that's going through a tough time, it can, it can help normalize that. And, and you can realize that everybody goes through mental health struggles or brain health struggles. You know, it's a, at least one in four people has a mental health struggle at any given moment. So I want you to say that again. Dear listener, listen to what we just said here. One in four. 
Mm -hmm. People have struggle with a mental illness at any given time. So count around the room the next time you're in a room full of people. It's a lot more people than you might expect. And so if you open up and create that dialogue, it can be really helpful. And you can and bond with people and, and open up about what is going on so that you can actually heal and move forward with it and not become one of those numbers of those 45,000 people that complete suicide. So many people in agriculture are uh, you know, wonderful, family-oriented, community-oriented people. People. And I know that you don't want to add stress to someone who's already depressed or suffering from tremendous anxiety or under a great deal of stress, but there's a lot of people that depend on you. You're in a small community. You might be on the school board, your children, your relatives, the local uh, banker, the local grain terminal, the, uh, the place that sells gate and fence uh, and herbicide. When you look at it this way, uh, going away because you're, uh, you're terribly depressed and you think suicide is the answer, leaves a hell of a mess for everybody else, and including your family. And I have seen that. In fact, I keep up on social media with some of these people that I've been in my audiences. And the despair that then they have to go through when they lose a loved one is, is enough that would make me not want to do it. Yeah, the ripple effect of suicide is quite impactful, and, and people don't necessarily think about that part. Um, and that's why it's important um, for people for people to be aware of that and, and to learn how to take care of themselves, seek the help that they need so you can prevent that from happening to other people. What else should we know, Dr. Cowdery? That there's help out there. That what you're going through is is you don't have to do that on your own and you can seek help and get help. And and it's incredibly powerful to open up about your story because how how relieving to a community might it be to see somebody say, Hey, you know what, I suffered from depression, I've taken care of myself and I'm getting help. I think that's very powerful for a community to hear so that then other people can see, hey, this person was strong enough to get help and they made it through and that might inspire some hope in me that I could have that same that same outcome. What should we do? So keep talking about suicide, keep talking about depression, keep talking about brain health and mental health issues, and don't stigmatize it. Don't judge someone that seeks help, just the same way you wouldn't judge someone for their broken arm or their diabetes or their cancer. Um, be welcoming and comforting to people going through mental health crises, just the way you would a person going through a cancer crisis. Knowing that much of agriculture happens in rural lands, and I keep saying rural America, remember I have a tremendous amount of Canada support, so if you're in Canada, I'm talking about about you too and it's just as important and you have just the same problems up there as we have here in the United States. In fact, I've got some numbers about uh, suicide in fact. It's sobering and sad. Uh, an Australian farmer dies by suicide every four days. I want you to think about that. In, in Australia, which only has about 22 million people and roughly the same number of farmers uh, percentage-wise as we have here. So you're talking about one in one every four days. In the United Kingdom, meaning Britain, one farmer a week takes his or her own life. In France, one farmer dies by suicide every two days. In India, where there's a tremendous amount of rural populace, more than 270,000 farmers have died by suicide in the last 23 years. So it's, it's a crisis. It's a sad situation. It's also uh, very preventable. I read an article about a guy named Mike Rossman. He's a psychologist as well as an Iowa farmer. And he talks about uh, he talks about something he started in sowing the seeds of hope years ago in 1999. Obviously, he's an older guy. He's lived through the 80s. He knows what that was like. He pushed for the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network. And so if you're saying, I've never heard of this, that was a, uh, a push that we were going to then uh, put in the farm bill 
and fund mental health outreach for rural communities, particularly for the agricultural community. It never got funded. It never became law. Here's the good news. When Dr. Cowdery just said we need to do more and we need to lobby for more and push for more, it might be happening. The Farm Bill is in the works right now. You know that 2018 is a Farm Bill renegotiation year. And of course, we've got everything from welfare requirements to work requirements to immigration being tacked onto it. But the good news is stemming the tide of rural economic stress and suicide is a clause that's now been attached to the Farm Bill. So if you see in the headlines, STRESS, all capital letters, S-T-R-E-S-S, stemming the tide of rural economic stress and suicide is a clause that's now part of, or a, it's an act, I guess, that will be funded with the Farm Bill. Because in 2008, when we were going to reauthorize the Farm Bill, the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network was never implemented. So if you have the ear of a congressperson, if you have the ear of a politician, and they say, what do we need to know about the Farm Bill? Say, first off, get it passed. Secondly, don't lose stress, the Stemming the Tide of Rural Economic Stress and Suicide Act as a part of it, because we're dying out here, literally, in rural America. Thoughts, Dr. Calgary? I think that it's incredibly important for that support to be there. And so getting behind that, I think, is an important thing because, again, it's going to create more options for people so that they have more more ways to seek treatment. So I think it's really important to have that access for people to, to get treatment. The other aspect of this for uh, farmers in particular is, uh, is an article I read in The Guardian. And I can give you this link, ladies and gentlemen, if you say, boy, that's really interesting. It's actually a very sad article. Both the Dr. Cowdery and I read it. It's in The Guardian. Guardian, you can type in your Google search engine, uh, Farmer Suicide, The Guardian, which is actually a British and American publication. Uh, it's, it's quite a long article, and it'll about make you cry. It did me. But they talked about something that we understand in agriculture, that when you go through a tough time, if you lose land, we've all got such pride in what we do and where we come from that the depth of despair and depression, and when you feel like a failure because like what happened in the 1980s, farms were lost, uh, that's when we saw this problem happen, and we're going to see it somewhat again with us being in our fifth year of uh, economic downturn. But the good news is our economic downturn is not that bad. Actually, 2018 is ending up already better than they predicted in December, so hey, I'm excited about that. Getting over normal is one of the notes I wrote down, Dr. Cowdery. Will you please tell our listeners what normal is? <laughs> that's a loaded question. Um, that's hard to say. I think that anything a person experiences is going to be normal, and it's going to depend on the circumstances that uh, that you're in, how that is looked at as normal. And I would I would encourage people to get away from normal. Get away, Figure out what's going on with you. Figure out what's going on with your family. And learn how to take care of yourself, uh, given whatever normal is for you. There is no such thing as normal, I guess, is what we all need to bear in mind. And it doesn't mean that you're abnormal if you are having a bad spell uh, and, and your business is struggling and you're very, very depressed or anxious or stressed or whatever that might be. Get over the, get over the stigma and don't, re don't worry about what's normal. A couple other thoughts here. You've got notes written down. You're the expert. What else did you have written down and I haven't gotten to? I think we've covered most of, of the things here, but just remembering that suicide is a public health crisis. Um, the rates are likely higher than what we actually see because there's often times that um, maybe if something isn't ruled a suicide, maybe it's ruled an accident or things like that. So I think that the rates are likely higher than, than what we expect. So I think that that demands attention. Um, and I think it 
it's important that we re recognize the, the strong relationship between suicide and economic downturns so that people can plan for those things and, and be watchful and making sure that they take care of themselves. I think the other thing is pointing out that anyone can experience stressors, anybody. Uh, it doesn't um, you know, matter what kind of job you're in, how much money you have, what kind of resources you have. Anthony Bourdain is a celebrity chef who got paid to fly around the globe and eat and drink, mm -hmm. and he killed himself. Right. So let's not pretend that it's only uh, some person that is uh, struggling because they're an unknown, or it's the hopeless, helpless, uh, I've never seen anything and gotten out of my little town. Anthony Bourdain's job was flying around the world, eating and drinking in cool places. He just killed himself today. So that is something to bear in mind, folks. It's not anything that you might think is can affect anybody. Mental health is, is a real issue, and it's very, very important. One thing that uh, uh, the Mike Rossman is the psychologist and Iowa farmer that I referenced earlier calls it, he called it the agrarian imperative theory. Um, People engaged in farming have a strong urge to supply essentials for human life, such as food and materials for clothing, shelter, fuel, and they hang on to their land and other resources. So the drive that makes a farmer successful is the same that exacerbates failure. And that's what we have going on there. You say, oh, I'm a rugged individualist. I have built all this. It's my job to go out and provide all this. Oh, crap. Now I can't. Now I'm a, I'm a failure. So it's the same energy level and the same drive and the same independence that then says, I'm not turning the gun on myself. Uh, you have other thoughts on mental health, and by the way, we'll share it one more time with you. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. You're obviously listening to the Business of Agriculture podcast, where we discuss issues involved with food, fuel, fiber, and farming. This one's a biggie. Mental health is as important as physical health, and it needs to lose any of its stigma. I know what it's like being in a small community. I just was telling Dr. Cowdery before we became, uh, before we clicked record, that I remember being 16 or 17 years old and going to the Super X drugstore in Huntington, Indiana, and I was about to go on a date, and I thought, man, tonight's the night. Tonight is the night. So I went to Super X drugstore as the responsible young kid that I am, and I remember thinking to myself, everyone in this town of Huntington, Indiana knows my family. There's nine of us. My dad works on the railroad. We're the farm family at the 4-H fair. I hope I don't see anybody I know. And as sure as I picked up the box of condoms, along came a guy and said, hey, aren't you Harold's boy? So I could imagine... That level of embarrassment times 10. Now you've got to go to the Super X drugstore in a small community and get an antipsychotic drug. Right, and that's the, the thing that can be a problem for people is they don't want to seek treatment in their own town because someone's going to see you walking in and out of the psychiatrist, psychologist, or therapist office. The, you, the pharmacist lives next door and he knows that you're taking an antidepressant. And and those are things that we've got to get away from and, and accept that you know this is, again, a brain health condition that needs treatment that should have no further stigma than the same thing as a cancer, a diabetes, a broken arm. All right, you know what? Let's say, oh boy, I just I don't know if I can handle it. I'll be embarrassed if everybody in town thinks that I'm uh, thinks that I and I understand this let's say oh god the word got out we rent 1,000 acres that we need for our business and if the word got out our landlord would terminate our lease because they think that I've got something wrong with me you know what you do then get in your car truck and drive three hours to seven different towns away and seek treatment there better to spend spend the time and get away from your community and get the treatment than to not get the treatment that you need. Mental health is real. We'll give you a personal story. I'll give you the story about Super X Drugstore, but I want to let you know that I can relate to this. 
uh, in 2002, three, and four, I went through a real, real difficult time with my business. And going through my, my business slump, having lost about half of my net worth, and then all of a sudden my business went to shit and nobody called and nobody wrote and I couldn't get anybody uh, to, to do anything for me, nor, nor could I get anything going. By about 2004, in your third year of, of really, really bad downturn, it got real dark. And my family has a little bit of depression. I'm not afraid to admit that. There's some mental health issues in my family, as there are in every family. And I have seasonal affective disorder, uh, which is really hard on me. In the winter of 2004, when the gloom and the dark and the gray really set in, and I realized I, I felt like I was a failure because I couldn't get anything going. My business was terrible, and I've always been a provider. I've been ruggedly individual in my business. Uh, I've been on my own since age 25. I paid for my own college. I've been working since I was age eight. So these sort of things are the same things that a farmer or anybody in agriculture, it's that farmer mentality. And I remember getting in a real dark spot and, and uh, being dis, uh, say disengaged, as you talk about, and isolating myself, and, uh, and not, uh, not really, uh, I still exercised, that was the saving grace, but I didn't open my gun safe for six months, because I was terrified that I knew myself well enough that I've killed plenty of things, sick calves, uh, you know, sheep that couldn't go, uh, obviously uh, deer hunting, you know, you name it, and I know how to kill stuff. And I was terrified to open my gun safe because I knew I was in a really dark space. I wished then that I had gone and actually gotten some treatment because I did come out of it. The seasonal aspect of it was very, very telling. But then there's the depth of despair and then my business improved. The business improved. The weather improved. I improved. I'm lucky. Uh, I know that a lot of folks wouldn't have... Uh, been able to keep away from opening the gun safe for six months. So that's a real story, and I, I, I want to relate that because while I'm not going through uh, maybe what somebody right now in, in uh, Alberta or Nebraska is with uh, farm commodity prices, anybody that works on their own, that's self-employed, that is driven, has bad days. So that's my story, and I, uh, I wanted to make sure that you understood that I'm not afraid to admit that I've had to uh, I've had to be there, and I, uh, I wish I had done more for myself because I might have gotten better faster. And thank you, Damien, for sharing your story. I think it's important for, for us to talk about it and to share those struggles so that other people out there can see that, hey, there is a way out of this, and, and there are ways to take care of myself and seek treatment. And that, that's the number one thing you got to do is take care of yourself, take care of people around you, um, be good to people around you, uh, don't judge them if they need help, uh, encourage them, and figure out a way to help them and get them to the treatment they need. Closing thought here, you're in a business that most people don't understand. We talk about that all the time here in the Business of Agriculture podcast, that only 1% of our populace farms, only 7% of our populace is engaged in the business of agriculture in some capacity. So at best, we're outnumbered 93 to 7. One note, if you are going to seek someone to talk to, you can do this by telephone, you can do it by email, whatever it takes to make this happen for you. Find a therapist that understands a little bit about the industry. Uh, one of the articles that I read said, uh, you go to a therapist that says you need to take a vacation. Well, first off, if you're broke, it's hard to pay for a vacation. Secondly, if you've got 100 head of cattle or three hog barns or a chicken facility uh, or it needs to be, uh, it's time to plant, it's hard to take a vacation. So make sure that you talk to people, even if it's just uh, joining a group, you know, if you just need to reach out. And actually, I think social media might be helping a little bit because now at least there's an awareness, but there's also a community. Mm -hmm, definitely. And seek out all of those resources because they're all, all available, readily available, and, and a great way to connect if you're not ready to connect maybe in person yet. 
We talked about mental health as it relates to agriculture. My guest was Dr. Alicia Cadre. She's not a farm girl, but she's a farm friend. She's been my friend for 20 years, and she certainly has your best interest in heart. We thank her for being here. I thank you for joining me. I know this is a little bit of a departure, but I thought it was a very important one. Uh, I just wish we had done it in May during Mental Health Month. Thanks a lot for joining me on the Business of Agriculture. Take care of your mental health. Your family, your community needs you to be healthy. Thanks a lot. Till next time. Thank you.